From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Not a joke. Hmm. Your characters must change. And the change must come from them. There's a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse. Not a joke. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Here's what else you need to nerdy. Nashville FM. Hey, it's uh, old guy. <laughs> it's my dad. Hey, hey, dad. I got a, I got a name for you for the show. I came up with. Okay, what is it? Doctor Dad. Doctor Dad. Okay, I'll just say I'm Doctor Dad. Is that good? Yep. You're on the air. Hey, it's uh, Doctor Dad calling in. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was glad that you played Van Morrison. You know, he must be an old guy, just about my age, I would think. Yeah. And I'm glad you. Uh, I know you're not a sexist or a racist, but you don't want to wind up being an ageist. No, no. That's it for the daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow. Race to the bottom. 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 I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, man. Yeah! In the background, you're hearing Summertime, the instrumental by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Pence, and then we'll follow that up by the song that was sampled, the Cool in the Gang joint, Summer Madness. That'll be fun. little summertime tribute. It's getting hot out there. Took a walk yesterday. I was 90. And I, I think some, summer started uh, June 20th, right? Let's see. Beginning of summer. June 20, yes. 
And you know what else is today? It's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, wifey. I talked last week. I kind of teased that we had a big get for an, our interview to today, and I managed to swing it. And you might have guessed who it is from the mashup. No, it's not Michael Barbaro from The Daily. Hmm. Although he has been on the show. He, ju- he just sat, kind of sat in and chimed in with some hmms last year at some point. Around this time, I think. No, it's not Michael Barbaro. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. And this is The Daily. No, not him. We got Dr. Dad. You heard the origin. I've played this before, but it's just priceless. Dr. Dad's origin story, back from when the show was on Asheville FM. And he was given his superhero name. Your Dr. My Dad, Dr. Dad, on the show today, we talk... I tried to get to the bottom of who this dude is. Who this dude really is. Dr. Dad, the interview. It's kind of had some omelet bar Don Jr. energy. I don't know if you saw. Don Jr. had his his daddy on uh, his his podcast, Triggered. Cancel culture, right? You feeling triggered by that? I had a student who, who would annoy people and say, What, are you triggered? It was triggering. Cancel culture has not seemed to work its magic on the omelet bar family but there were some people remarked on how really doesn't didn't seem like omelet bar likes his son very much it's kind of rough or maybe i thought i watched uh, just a moment of it and it seemed like actually omelet bar was just making a serious face like he was taking his son's podcast venture very very seriously if you've seen succession there's some serious kendall roy energy going through the the whole thing please like me dad that's that was all i I actually really hope dr dad likes me i don't think he does i think he's just running running for some higher office and this is his launch no i kid but i was talking to my wife and we were talking about who in the omelet bar administration we would like to smack and i proffered don jr but then realized that the guy's like i think he's like a a crossfit guy and even though i have been doing my little workout routine i'm not like a mma i think he's like mma curious i think that would be really depressing to go to fight don jr and then just get your ass handed to you but if you wanted to, it could be a major motivation if you got a personal trainer and took like a year, the sole hope of giving Don Jr. a, a noogie and putting his head in the toilet, <laughs> giving him a swirly, hanging him off a building or something. I'm allowed to say this, right? It's free speech? I don't know. The Secret Service is going to come a knocking. You know what else is a knocking? My desire for a sip of <sighs> Winslow tea. I've got a new setup here to do my show. I got a little desk, tiny desk style. 
and it's comfortable and I got a mic stand and hopefully this sounds good. Got a different mic working. Hopefully there's not too much ambient outdoor noise. The ice cream truck just passed a little while ago, but I think it went down by the water. No fireworks yet. I don't know if you guys, depending on where you are in the country, whether you've been experiencing the the firework madness. Part of the summertime madness that Kulna Gang was talking about. Yeah, there's, I guess... There's different theories, but here in New York, when you look out um, over, like I have a view of Brooklyn, we're on the ninth floor of our building, and you just, all across the city, just professional grade, like 4th of July style fireworks popping up all over. And it's been like that for a few weeks now. There's some different theories about it. People say that we're all just bored and feel frustrated from being stuck inside, so people are shooting off fireworks, and then the other bored people are complaining, And but then other folks are saying that they've never seen anything like this. I mean, these are really expensive fireworks that you just wouldn't have access to. I saw the, the theory that because so many 4th of July fireworks displays and they shoot them up at sports games because of all that being canceled this year not because of cancel culture because of covid culture because that's all canceled there's a dearth of fireworks that is that's how you use the word dearth right dearth a scarcity no what's a the so abundance what is the cool synonym i'm looking for with abundance copious Maybe the word I was thinking of is glut. There's a glut of fireworks. The market is flooded. And so they're cheap and people are getting them at discount prices. These fireworks that they never would be able to get otherwise. Or there is the kind of conspiracy theory, which I'm not going to totally discount, that these fireworks have been flooded into communities of color to try to stoke unrest in retaliation for calls to defund the police because in any event the police are not dealing with the fireworks they're saying that it's a quality of life issue and it's not something that they have uh, that they need to be dealing with there's too much else going on the protests and the covid which i think only accentuates our understanding that the police are not as useful as they would lead you to believe. We have this idea of the cops, like, if you've got a guy outside with a gun, the cops are going to come, like in a TV show, and pick him off. In my experience, if you, by the time the cops come, whatever was going to happen has happened. But in any event, the fireworks are rocking, shooting them off right outside of our building. It's pretty. And pretty loud till like three in the morning. It's interesting. We live in interesting times. What is the, the the quote? May you live in interesting times is an English expression that purports to a translation of the traditional Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Hey, may you live in interesting times. Right? Sounds like a blessing, but it is a curse, they say. We'll see. We will see. So I'm going to try to do something a little bit different today. Instead of doing like a big leisurely round of sound with lots of songs, 
I'm going to try to intersperse some music. So before I tell you what was in the mashup and what I recommend, I'd like to play for you a song that was recommended by my radio hero, broadcasting hero, Tom Sharpling. He tweeted a few days ago, Anyone that immediately dismisses their satanic majesties hasn't really listened to it. So, and he said RT if you think their satanic majesties request is the best Rolling Stones album. I haven't really listened to it, so I put it on. And I'd heard this song before, it's so good. Let's listen to She's a Rainbow, Rolling Stones, Race to the Bottom.
That's good, right? Yeah. So, I talked a little bit about it, but what was in that mashup? We heard from The Daily as like our framing device. Good old Michael Barbaro, his voice, man. It's got a real Guy Raz thing going on. And we heard from the outro of Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature. Smooth it out now. We heard from our future president, hopefully, talking about corn pop. Had to bring that one back. And from Brian Cox, the patriarch, who plays the patriarch of Succession, who also plays McKee in Adaptation, talking about how your characters must change. Then Biden brought it back, talking to a guy at that same speech at the pool, posing a question to, I guess, a guy in the audience whose name was Mouse, confirming that the this other dude's name was Bill Wright, and it was no joke. And then, like I said, we heard Dr. Dad's origin story, and that was relayed with Diamonds and Pearls, Prince, in the background. And I'm really going to lean into this. <laughs> Let's hear another song, Stevie Wonder, off of Songs in the Key of Life. I love this song, and it was floating through my consciousness this past week. The song is named As... Race to the bottom.
good oh i just took another sip of speaking of so good at winslow keeping keeping me rolling and rolling right along to tell you what i recommend on a segment of the show that i like to call recommended it's a recommendation recommendation a recommendation. A recommendation. It's a recommendation. recommendation i finally have gotten around to listening to 1619 the project from the new york times i guess it was a it was a print piece but it was also a podcast i've been listening to the podcast and they have some curriculum behind it done by the brilliant hannah nicole jones who i first came to who i first 
became aware of through her work on school segregation that she did. She did a two-part series on This American Life, the continuing reality of school segregation, almost worse than ever. And if we're going to deal with systematic racism and white supremacy, that has got to be next up on our list. But 1619 is kind of the history of African Americans in our society, produced on the 400th year anniversary of slaves first arriving in Jamestown, right near where I grew up. And the kind of premise of the show is that aside from being victims of slavery and segregation and continued systematic racism, black people have had tremendous amount of agency still in shaping this country. During the Civil War, Lincoln had the plan to kind of repatriate or send former slaves back to different African countries, and they said, no, we this is our country too, we want to stay here. By and large, they said that. I mean, I guess a few went back to Liberia. But the template of the civil rights struggle that blacks pioneered kind of was used then by women's rights organizations in the 70s and gay rights activists and and now trans rights activists and also so many things the music the culture it's great i'm almost almost done with it there was some pushback about some possible historical inaccuracies uh the biggest of which these group of all-white historians kind of tried to dispute the fact that Hannah Nicole Jones kind of posits that the Revolutionary War was in large part due to slavery. You had Senator Tim Kaine this past week talking about how slavery, as we know it in this country, was our unique creation. And people pounced on him and said he was like Al Gore saying he created the internet. But if you look at the context of his quotes, and and especially after listening to 1619, the, the unique blend of capitalism purported democracy that was kind of subverted to reinforce these systems and chattel slavery we did kind of have a pretty interesting thing going which leads me to my second recommendation we finally watched the shape of water and i loved it very allegorical movie i think it has a lot to do with slavery and the struggle by minority groups for human dignity It's great, and I recommend it, and 1619. And the soundtrack for Shape of Water was great. The music was done by Andre Desplat, who's like doing everything these days. But there was also this samba tune by Carmen Miranda that was beautiful and silly. Chicka Chicka Boom Chick, we'll hear that, and then we'll talk to Dr. Dad. Bunchik, 
o samba tem, quem gira também numa batucada. É brasileiro o tica tica com o pandeiro fazendo tica bunti. E para terminar o tica tica vocês devem cantar o tica tica bum, tica tica bum, tica tica bum, tica tica bum Dr. Dad, how's it going? Uh, this is, well, before I ask you how it, how's it going, just so the audience is clear, this is your doctor and my dad, Dr. Dad. How's it going? Hello, everybody. What's going on, man? Uh, just working from home and uh, staying safe. Got, I'm, I'm 77 years old, and so I know I got to be humble. This virus could get me if I'm not, and I don't want to have people coming into the office and, you know, li- um, mixing with each other. So we're, we're doing it safely. Dr. Dad, you, you're, you're like the breakout star of my show. You know, people say, oh, when's Dr. Dad coming back on? We need, we want more Dr. Dad, you know. So I think, can you just give the history of your life in about a 45 second summary to, to our listeners? <laughs> I'll try as Born in uh, Wheaton, Illinois, to a minister father and a wonderful mother. Uh, we, w- we moved to uh, uh, India at age three and a half. Dad, they were missionaries, and uh, so I was there. I was uh, totally enculturated, could speak Marathi and Hindi fluently. Came back to the States for three years, went to Hong Kong from age 11 to age 16, kind of in the British culture there, British school, and back uh, to the States, college, medical school, and then residency in uh, psychiatry at the Menninger Foundation. And then I decided, oh, I want to be a child psychiatrist. So two more years of that, added that, and so that's my story. Do you feel like you were kind of a, a man or a child without a country? Sort of. Yes, I went through culture shock. When I came back to the States at age nine, I I was completely flummoxed by all this stuff. I'd never seen TV sets and stuff. I looked 
pretty uh, pretty grim and sad in some of the pictures taken of me when I was nine. And so then, like, you know, you spent most of your formative years abroad. Did, right. Did you feel, Did you talked about identity earlier, did you always feel like an American? Or, or what was your relationship with, with America? Well, it was like, uh, I, I knew I came from a distant country. It was a good country, but... I, I didn't know much about didn't know much about it, and had to get acquainted with it uh, uh, twice. Once when I came back at age nine, and then later when I came back uh, when I was sixteen. It was it was quite a, I, and that's what helped me be a, a psychiatrist that empathizes with people that are anxious and uncertain and and feel out of place and uh, insecure. I, it's funny that you bring up identity because that's kind of the lens through which I'm seeing a lot of people's reaction to the change and, and the kind of upheaval that's going on right now. I was talking to my wife and, and saying how I was, you know, because Dr. Dad, I, I kind of had to say goodbye to a friend uh, the past uh, over the past couple weeks. And uh, this dude... You know, he's a fascinating guy, but I just felt like he valued history, uh, his idea of history and the Confederacy and monuments and all that kind of stuff over human life. And it was difficult, but I felt like I just felt like a lot of his viewpoints were were hurt, hurtful and hateful and, and racist. And uh, and then I thought about, you know, because a lot of people are posting on social media about from their viewpoint and i think that a lot of it is identity you you raised me and mom raised me from a very early age and and my babysitter odessa who's black i being an anti-racist being that kind of person was just such a integral part of my identity Mm -hmm. you know yes yes so i'm interested in like how you as as a father try, tried to think about imparting values to your kids how, how did you kind of go about that well it wasn't wasn't hard because i grew up with people of all different colors in india and and uh, hong china hong kong and my parents were uh loving and you know accepting of other people of other colors and races and everything. So to me, it it just didn't seem right to be treating people just because they have different skin color uh, in some other way. So it wasn't hard. It's interesting because like as a missionary, like probably a lot of the rationale or, or identity behind your parents treating everyone with some sort of equality is is because they they saw them all as children of God or, or potential converts, you yes. know? And then, but then your identity around that kind of shifted and uh, to a more of a humanist kind of approach. Right, I um, would say so, yeah. Yeah, so what? how did, how did that happen? Uh, well, just gradually as you go through college and take courses in philosophy and other things, you, you re, uh, I, I, the, the best way to explain it is you swallow your parents and their culture whole, but then you spend about 20 to 30 years to digest it all, which means, of course, hold on to what's good 
and let go of the stuff that uh, just isn't, you don't agree with it or you don't think it's right and so on. And that's how you eventually claim your own identity. That's really interesting. I think in this context, let's talk about, uh, you You had some ideas about, about racism and about the moment that we're in. What, yes. what were those? Well, being a psychiatrist, of course, I try to figure out the core issues that make us who we are. And uh, this story, I remember it so clearly, will explain what I think is the basis, not just for racism, but for tribalism and even sexism and and, uh, the caste uh, people, you know, in different castes and and so on. Here's the story. I'm two years old. We're in the bedroom. I love my mom. Dad comes over and uh, they're standing up and dad puts his arms around her and hugs her. And I am frightened. I'm I'm enraged. I I get between him and push dad away and scream and pound on his, reach up and pound on his knees. I remember this very clearly. And mom quickly says, oh, honey, no, no, he's a good person. He loves you. He loves me. And I kind of blink a little bit and I go, oh, okay. And then he became part of my inner circle. Mm -hmm. And so looking back on that, I realized that everybody starts out with who's good. I'm good. Mom's good. Dad's good. But everybody outside that circle is dangerous. Watch out. They're not us. They're not good. If we're fortunate, uh, we will learn to expand that circle of who's good and who's acceptable and who outside that circle. But also back at the beginning, I think this is what's complicated about it is that at the beginning of life, you learn how to generalize and you learn what's safe, what's not safe. Uh, you uh, and you kind of try to order your life and a lot of that is aided by the parents a hot stove is bad so look at it this way Um, would you say that prior to when I pounded on my dad's knees angrily was I a bad child no I was not educated I was developmentally stuck until my mom a wonderful lady taught me no, 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 dad is good. And that's what we need right now in society. We need mother type people who can explain to us that everybody, every human being is potentially a very good person. You learn to expand your circle to include more and more people, regardless of what caste they're in, regardless of what color they have on their skin or what language they speak, and you become accepting of other people. Do you think a 45-year-old white man could, could learn to be not a racist? could unlearn racism? Yes, I, uh, being a psychiatrist, I always have to be optimistic that everybody can change. Otherwise, I'd, I'd, would, I'd give up. With education and with uh, understanding, people can become more and more accepting of other people. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope so. Uh, we're in a kind of really divisive time right now in, in our country, and we've got a uh, you know who our president is? It's this guy, Omelette Bar. Have you heard of him? Yes, yeah, I've heard of him, yes. <laughs> did you, uh, I guess to wrap up, did you see this interview that Omelette Bar did with his son, Don Jr., uh, this past week? Did you see oh, anything I, I, of that? 
didn't see that. It was really interesting because you can really tell how all these omelet bars kids are just dying for affection from him. And it's obviously not something that he can provide. And a lot of people who watched this video, this this interview that Don Jr. did with his dad, just really remarked on the just real lack of affection and empathy that the president had for his son. And I hope, I well, I don't, <laughs> I joked earlier in the show that that I I hope that uh, you like me but it's obviously a very different thing and and I just hope that um, you know people with less damaged souls can be in charge of this country at some point I think that's gonna happen Uh, we got to make sure it happens but we got to try from your lips to God's ears dr. dad I want to thank you for being such a integral part. It'll be a lot easier once we're back in the studio and we don't have to do these Zoom calls and stuff. I always look forward to Saturday at 10 o'clock. Uh, I do too. And especially when, again, when I'm in the studio and might be getting a Dr. Dad call. Thank you so much for, I already said it. I already thanked you. So let's listen to some music. Okay, good. Support for Race to the Bottom comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Hewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, the Melville Charitable Trust, the Moby Dick Charitable Trust, the Charitable Trust for people who have read Moby Dick, the Charitable Trust for people who say they have read Moby Dick, the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Carnegie Corporation of Alabama, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Alfred E. Newman Foundation, the Mad Magazine Foundation, the Cracked Magazine Foundation, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the Easy E Foundation, the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Chevy Foundation, the Bob Seger Foundation, the Boz Skaggs Foundation, the My Uncle Said My Music Sounds Like Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Who Is Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, the Noise Foundation, the People Who Say Nice Like Noise Foundation, Joan Croc, the That's a Croc Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Stanley Foundation, the Angela Foundation, the Oscar Foundation, the Creed Foundation, the Phyllis Foundation, AARP, Alaska Airlines, American Society of Clinical Oncology, American Society of Non-Clinical Oncology, American Society of Partially Clinical Oncology, Charles Schwab, the ConocoPhillips Company, the Wilson Phillips Company, First Look Studios Home Entertainment, Blockbuster Video, Miramax Films, the National Association of Professional Organizers, the National Association of Semi-Professional Disruptors, the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association, the American STFU Association, Anheuser-Busch Companies, Dow Chemical Company, T. Rowe Price, Corn Rowe Price, General Motors Corporation, Specific Motors Corporation, National Association of Realtors, Johnson Controls, and the Carey Group. This copyrighted broadcast is presented by the authority of the Office of Radio Free Brooklyn. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this radio show without the express written consent of Race to the Bottom Industries is strictly prohibited. Yeah, how about that interview with Dr. Dad? Cool dude, right? If you're listening to this on your computer, 
please consider downloading the app for your phone. I've got it for iPhone and Android, and it works wonderfully. Mm. More Winslow, how you know. You can sign up for our newsletter by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org newsletter. We'll only email you once a month, and you can hear about all the great things that are going on at the station. Let's listen to some Black Star. Race to the bottom. We in the house like Japanese in Japan or Koreans in Korea Had to fill in free Mumia with the Kuji Chagalia, true Singing and swinging and writing is fighting But what they writing got is clashing like titans It's not exciting, no question Being a black man is demanding The fires in my eyes and the flames need fanning The fires in my eyes and the flames need fanning The fires in my eyes and the flames need fanning With that what? Determination with that what? Determination with that what? Determination with that one Determination Things I say and do May not come clear through My words may not convey just what I'm feeling Yes, yes, come on Yes, yes. Knowledge yourself is like life after death With that you never worry about your last breath Death comes, that's how I'm living It's the next stage, the flesh goes underground The book of life, flip a page Yo, they asking me how old we live in the same age I feel the rage of a million niggas locked inside a cage At exactly which point do you start to realize That life without knowledge is death in disguise That's why knowledge yourself is like life after death Apply it to your life, let destiny manifest Different days, same confusion We're gonna take this hip-hop shit and keep it Moving, shed a little light. Now y'all blooming like a flower with the power of the evident. Voices and drums, original instruments in the flesh, presently presenting my representation with that word. Determination with that word. Determination with that word. Determination with that word. Determination with that word. To count your blessings, cause time can't define the essence But you stressing over time and you follow the Roman calendar These people into cloning like Attica You can bet they trying to lock you down like Attica The African diaspora represents strength in numbers A giant can't slumber forever I know you gotta get that cheddar, whatever And yo, I heard you twice the first time, money, get it together You must be history, you repeating yourself out of the pages You keeping yourself depleting your spiritual wealth That quick cash, you'll get your ass quick fast And houses of detention, inner city concentration camp Where no one pays attention to mention the Extension of death till nothing's left. The young gifted in black is sprung addicted to crack. All my people, where y'all at? Cause y'all ain't where here, and your heroes using your mind as a canvas to paint fear with broad brush strokes and tales of incarceration. You get out of jail with that knowledge of self determination, standing ovation because you put the hue in you, man, cause and effect, affect everything you do, and that's why I got love in the face of hate. Hands steady, so the lines in the mental illustration is straight. That thought you had, don't even contemplate. Infinite, like figure eight, there's no escape. From that what? Determination from that what? Determination from that what? Determination from that what? 
determination. Things I say and do may not come through. Yes, yes. My words may not convey just what I'm feeling. Things I say and do may not come through. My words may not convey just what I'm feeling. What the fuck you saying about Miss Vinny Mojica? What the fuck you saying about Miss Vinny That's going to about do it. Thank you to Dr. Dad for being a part of the show for so long. Stay tuned for Crime Talk BK coming up next, followed by Queer State of Mind, then Local Fidelity at 2, Dun Sun. What's that? Dun Sun. A storytelling show with a rotating cast of characters. I need to check that out. That sounds cool. Then, A New Latin World at 4. The Non-Resident Alien Show at 6. Art Scene Radio at 7. Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel at 8. The Circuit at 9. The Foundation at 10. Just hunker down. For a day of Radio Free Brooklyn, we're going to close it out with Alicia Keys and her wonderful song, Diary. Just think of me as the pages of your diary. I'll talk to you guys next week. Who knows? I'm, I might do the, the Beats, Rhymes, and Life Tribe Called Quest show next week. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But you know, whatever it is, it's going to be good. I put so much into the show because of you, the listener. Thank you for being a part of it. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
myself